You are listening to a podcast hosted by Dania Accounting. We teach you about accounting topics, tax, VAT, company formation, and entrepreneurship in Denmark. Welcome to Dania Accounting. My name is Maria. In today's podcast, we will discuss the interesting difference between a freelancer, self-employed, which we also call a sole proprietor, and an employee. So let us first discuss the risk for you and your client if it turns out you are an employee and not a freelancer or a sole proprietor. Well, first of all, your client could face both a tax bill since he or she should have withheld your personal income tax from your salary if you are an employee. And also, your client could get a fine for not complying with the Danish employment legislation. Also, it could have tax consequences for you, since your tax allowances are smaller as an employee compared to being a freelancer and a sole proprietor. So this topic mainly relates to your tax. It is essential to understand that it is not your contract with the client alone that decides what type of scenario applies to you. Instead, it is the overall observations of your situation which determines what you are in the eyes of the tax office. In terms of your personal tax, it is best to be a sole proprietor since it gives you much more options in relation to tax deductions. So to make a general definition, we can say it is best for you to be a sole proprietor. It is okay but not perfect to be a freelancer. And being an employee is the worst in relation to tax deductions. There can be other considerations, of course, than just tax. For example, being an employee can give other benefits like paid holiday and salary during illness. But in this podcast, we will look at the tax aspect only. In general, we look at these three different scenarios. First, We have a scenario where you were considered an employee by the tax office, regardless of what you thought you were. You were considered an employee by the tax office when certain criteria are met. There is no single criteria, but rather it is a case-to-case evaluation. The following observations will point in the direction of being considered an employee. You only have one employer or one major employer. The agreement between the employer and you is ongoing and does not have a specific term. Your employer instructs you how to do the work. Also, the employer inspects the work you do. And the employer tells you what equipment and programs to use. You are not allowed to hire your own employees for doing the work. Also, you don't have any financial risk. No matter what happens, you get paid. You have no costs relating to performing the work. You use the employer's company name on all documents. Your working hours and holiday are agreed with or decided by the employer. The contract stipulates a termination period. You get paid per hour, weekly or monthly. The employer pays for the costs relating to the work done. You have paid holiday, employee insurance, and similar. The downside of being considered an employee is that the costs you have incurred as an employee 
cannot be deducted as in a company, but instead, they will be considered typical employment costs. The value of the tax deduction is lower than for a company, since you can only deduct costs in your taxable income and not your personal income. Furthermore, in 2021, the first 6,500 DKK per year cannot be deducted. Also, the costs have to be directly related to the income you derived from the employer. Regardless of the size of your income, you will not have to pay VAT as an employee. You also do not have to do accounting. Secondly, let's consider a scenario where you are considered a freelancer by the tax office. This scenario is the real freelancer, that is in between being an employee and being a sole proprietor. Here we look at the following criteria and remember, you have to look at the big picture. Not one single criterion is enough to determine your situation. As a freelancer, you have more than one client. You have some level of financial risk. You do not intend to run a large company. You make contracts with different terms from client to client. You sell short-term and defined projects. Your work has a limited time frame and is not ongoing. You decide how to perform your work. You decide your working hours. You decide what equipment and programs to use. The client does not instruct you on how to do your work. The client does not inspect your work. You get paid when the project or milestones are delivered. You use your own company name on work and documents delivered to the client. You are in charge of paying costs for office, office supplies, computer, telephone, etc. You can work for other clients too. You could hire employees if you wanted for the project. You are making advertising to get new projects. There can be a civil law liability if you make an error. You are registered for VAT. You are not offered paid holiday and also not paid when sick. You decide when to go on holiday. The contract can be terminated without notice. Of course, most contracts have a termination period. But the wording cannot be as in an employment contract. So, what can a freelancer deduct in tax? As a freelancer, you can only deduct your costs from your income derived from the client. Your costs are not allowed to exceed the income. You cannot end the year with a deficit like a sole proprietor can. Your income should be declared by the company paying you your income as honoraire in field 12 on your tax return. If the company has not declared your income in field 12, then you need to write the amount in field 15. Your costs should be declared in field 29 on your tax return. You need to be able to document your costs in detail. A freelancer often needs to pay the AT. Once your income, also called revenue or sales as a freelancer, exceed 50,000 DKK during a 12-month period, then all your income will be VAT applicable. And in that case, you need to comply with the VAT rules also. 
The third scenario is when you are considered a sole proprietor by the tax office. You become a sole proprietor in the eyes of the tax office when the financial risk gets higher and when the activities start to look more like a real business. Maybe your intention is to hire employees and have an office. Basically, the same terms apply here as for the freelancer, so we will not repeat all these terms again. Just everything is stepped up a notch. Now we have something that looks more like a real company. Maybe you already have more than one client, or you plan to have more clients. You start advertising your business. Maybe you hire an employee. You start to have more liability if you make mistakes or don't deliver projects on time. A company that you run with personal liability as self-employed is called a sole proprietorship and you are called a sole proprietor. From a tax perspective, this is the best for you. The criteria that indicate you are a sole proprietor are You have more than one client. You make contracts with different terms from client to client. You sell short-termed and defined projects. Your work has a limited time frame and is not ongoing. You decide how to perform your work. You decide your working hours. You decide what equipment and programs to use. The client does not instruct you on how to do your work. The client does not inspect your work. You get paid when the project or milestones are delivered. You use your own company name on work and documents delivered to the client. You are in charge of paying costs for office, office supplies, computer, telephone, etc. You can work for other clients also. You can hire employees if you want for the project. There is financial risk involved. If you, for example, make errors or deliver the project too late, you are making advertising to get new projects. There can be civil law liability if you make an error. You were registered for VAT. You were not offered paid holiday and also not paid when sick. You decide when to go on holiday. The contract can be terminated without notice. Of course, most contracts have a termination period, but the wording cannot be as in an employment contract. As a sole proprietor, you need to comply with accounting standards. We recommend that your accounting is done in economic. If you are not sure how to do accounting, then call us. A sole proprietor most often needs to pay VAT. Once your income, also called revenue or sales as a sole proprietor, exceed 50,000 DKK during a 12-month period, then all your income will be VAT applicable. And in that case, you need to comply with the VAT rules also. What is a PMV? In Denmark, you can have a sole proprietorship that is so small that it still does not need to pay VAT. That is the case when the sales are lower than 50,000 DKK during a 12-month period. You still need to register the company though, and we have a mini version of a sole proprietorship called a PMV which stands for Privet Mindre Vixemud, that can be used if you want to register the company, but you do not expect sales to be higher than 50,000 DKK during 12 months. If you think the sales could come up to the level of 50,000 DKK or higher, 
then it is a good idea to register for VAT from the beginning. This is because, should a PMV exceed the 50,000 DKK in sales for 12 months, then also the sales you had prior to hitting the 50,000 DKK in sales will be VAT applicable in that case. So that will give you a 20% VAT bill to pay afterwards for all your previous sales. A PMV also gets a CVR number. Just there is no VAT registration. You can convert the PMV into a sole proprietorship later and keep the same CVR number while you also get registered for VAT. So in short, a PMV is a small version of a sole proprietorship with a CVR number but with no VAT registration. Sales are expected to never exceed 50,000 DKK for 12 months. A sole proprietorship in comparison is expected to exceed 50,000 DKK for 12 months. It has a CVR number and is registered for VAT. What if you are not sure if you are an employee, a freelancer or a sole proprietor? Can you decide with 100% certainty when you are an employee, a freelancer or a sole proprietor in the eyes of the tax office? The answer most often is no. Sometimes it is pretty clear, however, that all arrows point in the direction of being a sole proprietor. And other times it might be clear that you are an employee, but more often it can be hard to determine. If you are not sure, then just ask the tax office. You can always ask the tax office for a written confirmation. If you decide to incorporate an APS, this is the Danish Limited Liability Structure, then be very careful. We have a written blog that explains why you could risk a double and even triple tax if you decide to invoice your services through an APS. You can find this and other blogs, videos and podcasts on our website. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please reach out to us and schedule a call or an online meeting. You can schedule your online meeting from the front page of our website, www.daniaaccounting.com. Or you can call us on plus four five seven zero two seven two seven one three. My name is Maria. We are Dania Accounting. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To learn more about Danier Accounting, please visit our website, www.danieraccounting.com.